0: Welcome to Lost Boys, the Found Fathers Podcast. I'm Gabe O'Sullivan, and joining me is my co-host, Will Haycox. We are men who have suffered the loss of a child, and through this production, we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who have traveled the same journey. In the past few episodes, beginning with episode six, we've been discussing the question, uh, why did God allow my child to die? So make sure that you listen to episodes six, seven, and eight. At episode nine, we're going to continue this discussion, and we're going to open it up with a with a statement where we are saying that God is open about the fact that He is sovereign over evil.
1: Yeah, thanks, Gabe. Uh, like you said, the past few episodes, we've been talking about this question of why why would God allow our child to die, and specifically in, in episode eight, we got into the weeds about. God's will, his revealed will, and his hidden will, and that's the, the difference between the things that God allows in his hidden will, that he allows evil, he allows calamities of tornadoes and floods, but he doesn't desire, he doesn't look on with pleasure these things, and his revealed will is that you come to know him, that you act with kindness and love, and that is a, a deeper, heavier concept that, that uh, early, uh, new Christians probably struggle with. And uh, we certainly are not saying here that you have to become biblical scholars. I don't think either of us would call ourselves theology majors or, or biblical scholars, but uh, it's important. <laughs> we're certainly not. Uh, but I think it is true that you know we're called to move on from spiritual milk and to be eating solid food. And at times, it is helpful to know theology, to know what God says about himself, to know what that means for who we are. And uh, that's kind of where we're going with these few episodes is, is hopefully giving you an understanding of how God views you, how God to the best of our knowledge, how God carries things out and allows things to happen in the world and what that means for you as you grieve the loss of your child. So as Gabe said, we're going to talk about starting this episode that, that God isn't afraid to be associated with evil in any way. God is open about the fact that he is sovereign over evil. He may not be the cause, but he is sovereign and uh, In Isaiah 45, 1-7, God speaks of how he will bring a pagan king, Cyrus, who's not a follower of God, doesn't know God, in order to free the Jews from captivity by the Babylonians. And that, Those verses say, Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped, to subdue nations before him and to loose the belts of kings, to open doors before him that gates may not be closed. I will go before you and level the exalted places. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes and secret places, that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. For the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel my chosen, I call you by your name. I name you though you do not know me. I am the Lord and there is no other, besides me there is no God. I equip you though you do not know me. That people may know from the rising of the sun from the west and from the west, that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. There's a whole lot in that that passage there. I mean you can just to touch on a few things. God calls Cyrus his anointed. He goes before him, he subdues nations before him. The way he talks about leveling the exalted places and breaking down doors that sounds just like if you remember what he tells the israelites when he's leading them into the promised land that i'll go before you and subdue and defeat your enemies and we are comfortable with thinking that way with people that love god and follow god but here god is using a pagan king that he says here in this passage does not know him to subdue nations. He's going for him, preparing his way. And he equips Cyrus, he says here in verse 5. And the purpose, you get down to verse 6 and 7. He says that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west. So the sun rises in the east to the west. So that's the whole world. That there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I'm the Lord who does all these things. And I think we're, we're probably pretty comfortable with a God that creates, that forms light. But a God that creates darkness is a little, little interesting, probably a little uncomfortable for our, our American Christian understanding that like darkness is bad. It's the opposite of light. You know, It's scary. But our God creates darkness. And again, here you have, I make well-being and create calamity making well-being, making peace in another translation, it's good. That's something we're comfortable with God doing, and we're excited. We have a God that creates peace. But creating calamity, in that verse I looked into it, and calamity in other translations is translated as evil, and it's the word used in Genesis 2.9 and 2.17 to refer to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That word is Ra. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, r-a-h. That means God creates evil in the sense that, as we talked about before, his hidden will, he allows it to happen. He is the author of all things, and he uses evil for his purposes. It's not out there on its own, a free agent doing whatever it wants, and God just like has to find, oh no, evil went out here and killed this guy, so now I have to craft this narrative that... The guy was out here doing good things, and he was a martyr, and it's a good story. Like, God, from the beginning, can allow and ordain evil things to happen for his glory. And again, that, that's what he says here with Cyrus, is he raised Cyrus up. He allowed Cyrus to do the things that he did so that all people, from the rising of the sun to the east, to the west, would know who God is and that he was the only God and here you know we have in first samuel 18 10 and 11 it says the next day an evil spirit from god came forcefully on saul he was prophesying in his house while david was playing the lyre, as he usually did saul had a spear in his hand and he hurled it saying to himself i'll pin david to the wall but david eluded him twice so there's god an evil spirit from god is what it says here so god chooses to allow or to use an evil spirit to influence Saul. And if you know or remember the story of 1 Samuel and Saul and David, Saul was the first king of Israel. He was chosen and anointed by Samuel to go and to lead the people, and he was charged to be a king under God's sovereignty and lead the people towards God and towards blessing and worshiping God. But like the first week of his reign, Samuel tells him, wait for me and I will come in seven days and I will offer sacrifice to the Lord and basically bless you to go out and defeat the Philistines. And long story short, Saul gets impatient. He offers a sacrifice himself and it just shows you right off the bat, Saul is not being faithful to God. Saul doesn't love God and doesn't want to worship him and obey him as much as he just wants the power or wants to be in control. And so God allows him to make those choices and to turn away from him and chooses to send an evil spirit to go and take the the kingdom away from Saul and give it to David, who's his anointed. So I'm sure you have something to add there, Gabe, because there's, there's a lot to that.
0: Yeah, but. definitely. I mean, when I think about these these concepts, you know, it's again, it is hard to think because we, we read the Bible. The Bible talks about God being love, God being light, there being no, you know, only goodness in God. You know, God can allow no evil into his presence. You know, that's why we have to depend on Jesus to be our Savior, because without him taking our punishment as the perfect sacrifice, we wouldn't have no opportunity to be in God's presence, because God cannot allow any sin, any evil into his presence. But at the same time, you know, reading this, we're like, wait a minute, but God had to, like, kind of, if He's if he is sovereign, he had to allow for the creation of evil, which means he created evil to exist, because in his sovereignty, he created angels to worship and serve him. But also in his sovereignty, he gave angels a, a, even a some choice. a yeah. choice to worship him or not. So they had some free will, mm. and some chose to not, and thereby we have the existence of evil, mm-hmm. you know, in this world today. And so that's a difficult concept, you know. And so when we're dealing with things like death and suffering and 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 loss, like we're talking about now. Those things are results of the evil that is in this world, that ultimately we have to say was created and/or allowed by God. And you know, we're not trying to explain away God here. We're not trying to explain away evil, you know, just to make ourselves feel better. Um, as I guess what Lenin said that religion is the opiate to the masses. We're not trying to to be that to to, to y'all, to ourselves, to those listening. We're trying to help help us all kind of move through and wrestle through these concepts that are difficult to understand but what do we take away from this i think we take away two things one that everything that god does is for his glory period that's it he's a jealous god he deserves all glory he deserves all honor and so whether or not we can understand what he's doing it really doesn't matter in the long run you know and i know that seems kind of unfair we might think well we you know we need to know we need to we need to understand no you don't. Like how many times did you butt into your parents' conversation as a mm-hmm. kid and then just be like, "Hey, mind your own business back there in the back seat." Right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about adult stuff here. There's just some things that we just are not going to be able to know or understand about God and about his will and about his sovereignty and about his 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 relationship, you know, to good and evil that we just can't quite fully understand and grasp. But what we got to remember is that it's always for his glory. Mm-hmm. And it's good that it's for his glory because mm-hmm. if it were not all for his glory, then there would be somebody else that would be competing for his glory that could own it or could take his throne. And that's what the devil's trying to do. He's been trying to do that since the time that he fell. I mean, that's what the Bible teaches, that the devil decided to with some of his angels that, hey, we're gonna take over God's throne. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be the king of the universe. And God was like, No, buddy, that's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I created you, I'm gonna put you in your place. And he's still striving, even though the Bible tells us that the, it ain't even a game. It's not even a contest. Like he's already defeated, but he's still but he's still striving. So what does that mean? Well, for us, I think that means that he he, meaning the devil, meaning the evil is going to try to put doubts in our mind. He's going to try to put thoughts in our mind that would take us um, away from God, that would try to make us think, well, if this, you know, if God allows evil, if God created evil, then that means God is not good, so I shouldn't follow Him. Well, that's like the dumbest thing that we could ever think. And here's the reason for that, because if all those things are true, then we're also having to admit that there is a God, that He created evil, but that He also created a way for us to overcome evil, by having our sins covered through the blood of Jesus. And God also said, if all those things are true, that the only way that we come to Him is by having faith in Jesus and submitting ourselves to His life and to His mm. and to His will and to His plan. So we have to come to that place of repentance, believe that Jesus is who He said He is, He's God's Son, that He lived, that He died on the cross, He rose from the grave after three days, that He's reigning in heaven. We put our faith in Him and that is what saves us and gives us that opportunity to spend eternity with Him forever. Mm. So if we if we believe that there is a god and that he is sovereign that he created evil even though we don't understand it that he may even use evil for his for his glory and his benefit which way we may think sometimes well i don't really like that because i want some glory and why should it all be going to god Mm -hmm. well if we believe all those things we have to also believe that the part about jesus okay that we Mm -hmm. that we have to you know the only way to heaven the only way to have eternal life is to give ourselves to him and so we, we can't, like, take parts of the Bible that we like and just live by them and then take the other parts that we don't like and just say, well, I don't like that. I'm not going to live by it. I'm not going to accept it. Or I'm not going to try to understand mm-hmm. it or I'm not even going to, like, you, you know, again, accept it. I used that word a minute ago, but that's the only word I can think mm-hmm. of to use. Like, we have to take it all in its whole and in its totality. And so where do we come Where do we come to? We come to the conclusion that either we believe Or we don't believe, you know, and if we believe a little bit about the Bible, then we might as well believe the whole thing about the Bible. And therefore, we either we come to that crux where we either trust Christ and trust who God says he is, or we reject God and who he says he is. But either way, we're admitting that there's a God. We're admitting that there is there that there is Satan, that there is evil. And it comes down to which side of the fence are you going to be on? which which lane are you going to choose? Are you going to choose to, to worship the Lord or are you going to choose to worship yourself and worship Satan? And if you choose that, it ain't going to end for you too well because this life is going to end one day and there will be a judgment. The Bible is clear about that where we will be judged not on our works, did, we, did our good, outweigh our or bad, but we're going to be judged on whether or not we believed in Jesus or not mm-hmm. and did we give our life to Him.
1: Yeah, that's... That's good stuff, Gabe. Um, like ultimately, like you say, you know, why does this matter? Like, why why do we need to know that God creates calamity, as He says? Why do we need to know that God is sovereign over evil? Because He uses He's sovereign over it, and He uses it to accomplish His purposes and to bring glory to Himself. And I think the next question that that comes straight from that is, if He wills bad things, then can is He good? Is He a good God? And I think, again, from the Bible, the answer is clear that he's good because he says he is, the Bible says he is, and all that we learn about him and his character in the Bible says that he is. And I just wanted to pick a few passages here and just demonstrate that. God spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai in Exodus 34, 6 and 7, saying, The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, or in some, some translation says for thousand generations, forgiving iniquity and transgression of sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. David says in Psalm 25, 6-10, through 10, Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. In Mark ten, seventeen and eighteen, Jesus approached Jesus is approached by the rich young man, as it says in verse seventeen, as he was sitting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. James one sixteen to seventeen we hear Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. We know from Genesis that God saved men through Noah, despite their wickedness. He led the Israelites out of Egypt through the wilderness for 40 years because of their unfaithfulness. Yet he provided manna for them, and he didn't even allow their clothes or their shoes to wear out for 40 years. It says in Deuteronomy 29.5, I've led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you, and your sandals have not worn off your feet. He gave the Israelites the land of Israel and went with them in battle, even though they were consistently unfaithful to him throughout his, this journey. They, Like the first couple of weeks after they got out of Egypt and they just saw God part the Red Sea, And demonstrate his awesome power over the the powers of the earth and Moses goes up on Mount Sinai and he spends 40 days talking to God and getting the Ten Commandments and the people turn from him there already and they're like Aaron take these earrings and all this jewelry all this jewelry we have and make us God so that we can worship him and they weeks months after they get out of Egypt and just saw all this provision that God gave them they're already turning from him but he responds to the wickedness and unfaithfulness of Israel and us now, not by turning away and condemning us and leaving the earth alone and just saying, "Hey, you made your bed, lie in it." He responds to our wickedness and unfaithfulness by continually reaching out to us through the prophets and essentially by sending his own and can eventually by sending his own son to die on a cross to pay for our sins while we were sinners, all while knowing that we would offer him nothing of worth. So. Does a good God, like, you're you're a parent, you're a friend, you're a a spouse, whatever. Does, with your goodness and your ability, you have a limit. If your kids, if your spouse is constantly getting on your nerves every day, every day, your spouse is cheating on you, your spouse is spending all your money behind your back, you know, you're going back and forth, you're bickering. If you're a good man, if you're, you are staying in your Bible, like, You're going to continue going after them. You're going to love them. You're going to seek forgiveness and reconciliation. But at a certain point, you're going to reach your breaking point, and you're just going to say, I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. And magnify the unfaithfulness of a spouse or the constant disobedience of children by thousands and thousands of times, and you get just a picture of what we have done as humans to God when God created this world. He created us. He created everything that we have, all of the good things we have, the oxygen that we breathe. He reached out to the Israelites. He chose them not because there was anything special about them, but because he chose them to be his people. He reached out to them continually. He led them into Egypt through Joseph so that they could be taken care of during a famine. He allowed them to multiply in the 400 years that they were in Egypt and become a nation as he promised Abraham they would. He led them out. He led them into the promised land. He protected them. He provided judges and provided prophets. They rejected him over and over and over again at every turn. And instead of turning away and washing his hands of us, he sent his son knowing that we would reject him, that the the Jews wouldn't believe, a majority of them, or at least the leaders, wouldn't believe and wouldn't follow his son. But they would turn away, they would condemn him, and they would send him to a cross, they would torture him, and he would die, knowing again Jesus is going to be raised and not say, oh, well, I sent my son and he spoke to you as my final representative and you still turned him away, so now you're done, I'm washing my hands of you. No, even after that, he used his son to be the means to pay for our sins and to bring us in a right relationship with him And you think that's not enough. Like God's not good. He didn't do enough for you. Like there's God's not under any obligation to make us in right relationship with him. He created us. He could have created us to be worms, to be anything, but he created us as humans with brains, with the ability to think he has pursued us at every turn. When we turn away, we curse him. We turn away from him. We do everything he asks us not to do. And that's not enough. Like I, I don't. There's literally nothing else that God could have done to pursue us. He has done everything and that's a good God. Amen. That's that's not a God
0: that you could ask any more of. Amen. And bro, I would just say too, after he had you know, after Jesus resurrected and after Jesus went to heaven, the world didn't end. Mm. Mm. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's still giving creation. Mm-hmm. Two thousand plus years to turn mm-hmm. back to Him, and so that right there, like His patience, is an attribute of His goodness. Mm-hmm. You know with this. His His continued forgiveness of us when mm-hmm. we when we sin against Him is is is, uh, is is proof of His goodness to us too. Man, don't you read that that Romans three twenty three too.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we just need to realize that all we really deserve is death and condemnation as the people that we are. Romans three twenty three and 24 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift to the redemption that's in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's, again, right there. They're justified by his grace as a gift. A gift is not something you earn. A gift is something that's given to you because the person that gives you that gift loves you and cares for you. So if you feel like, if you've been listening to some of these Like we're going to talk about next few weeks, some of this positive thinking, some of this stuff that, you know, you deserve this. You can bring this into existence or God is the magic genie. Like, no, you are a sinner. I'm a sinner. Gabe's a sinner. We have fallen short, as it says right here, of the glory of God. And we deserve death. We deserve condemnation. We don't deserve anything good. We don't deserve cars, houses, spouses. We don't deserve children or the air that we breathe but God has given us the grace and the gift, not only of those earthly things, but of justification and being brought into relationship with him by the blood of his son. And that's pretty amazing.
0: That is, man, thank you. And again, that's just, that's a proof text right there that God is good. Hmm. And so next, in the next uh, episode, we're gonna transition and kind of put you know some meat on these bones that we've been that we've been forming together over these past few episodes and transition to a question that says you know what does this mean for why god allow, allowed my child to die we touched on that briefly we're going to flesh that out a little bit more um, but hopefully these um i would say these these backbone episodes will help us to get into that a little bit more you know this is stuff we've been trying to build a foundation for answering that question and uh, you know, again, it's not going to be a perfect answer or make your hurt and pain go away, you know, but it is gonna it's gonna help us as we as we go on this journey. Yeah. So thank you, Will, and thank you all for joining us today. You know, make sure that you follow Lost Boys, the Found Fathers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out my book at thywillbedonebook.com. And remember, let's not be lost, but let's be found in him.